and welcome back to Perspectives on the Short Story from FSU Panama City. Once again, my name is Whitney Mullins, and today we are going to be talking about the impossibility of certainty. And today we are going to be talking about the impossibility of certainty and how it relates to the short story, The Fortune Teller, by Joaquin Maria Machado de Asis. Enjoy! When reading The Fortune Teller, I find it near impossible to ignore the parallels that it draws to Shakespeare's play Hamlet. I myself am a huge Hamlet fan and buff, so I was actually excited when in the opening line they immediately were talking about Hamlet and Horatio, and I was just over the moon. So the very first line calls out to the reader to remember the great play, and it is later recalled in the text to keep it on the reader's mind. So obviously, in some way, this story is going to be related to Hamlet or will have allusions to maybe some of the themes that were in Hamlet. So if you're not familiar, Hamlet is a character who sees the father of his, uh, or sees the ghost of his dead father, and he thinks he needs to avenge his father, and so he starts to begin to act crazy and outrageous in order to try to see if he can get to the bottom of what happened to his father. And I believe that Hamlet is a character who is supposed to be directly linked with uh, Camillo, poor, poor Camillo, or perhaps not poor Camillo. Uh, depending on the conclusion one draws about Camillo, truly he can be viewed as either a lovesick fool or a man who gets his just desserts. Regardless of either stance, the one constant remains, which is that of a young lover's desire for certainty, which much like Hamlet, they were both seeking certainty. Hamlet wanted to know what happened to his father and Camillo wants to know whether or not he his ruse is up, if he can continue this love affair with Rita or if Vieja has figured him out. So the impossibility of certainty plays a large role in Camillo and Rita's tragic fate, and it's highlighted throughout the story. At the start of it all, we are introduced to the two lovers, but not immediately told that their infatuation with one another was built on the betrayal of the one closest to them, Rita's husband and Camillo's best friend, the scandal. Anyways, once it is revealed that they are having an affair, the couple continues the affair as well as keeping their relationship with Vieja a secret the entire time. The narrator states early on that Camillo reproved her, saying that it was imprudent to visit such houses. Vieja might learn of it, and then... And he doesn't finish the thought. So when Machado writes this, where he says, Vieja might learn of it, and then dot, dot, dot. It's obviously alluding that he's pretty sure something bad would happen if he was to find out about their love affair. And this here is where we're introduced to the idea of them sneaking around. And it's the first of Camillo's uncertainty. Ding, ding, ding. That's going to be the word of this uh, podcast. Uh, and it's foreshadowing what is to come. Camillo is very well aware from the beginning that he is tempting Lady Fortune and may in fact suffer her slings and arrows just like Hamlet. 
So as the story presses forward, we begin to see Camillo begin to question what is happening around him. He begins to receive ominous, threatening letters, and he is compelled to end his visits to Vieja's home so he doesn't alert anyone to his wrongdoing. And I mean, can you blame him if in today's day and age, someone was to go and have an affair and start getting anonymous DMs or texts? I mean, wouldn't anyone be like, hey, we need to chill a little bit? Um, I mean, that's the uh, 21st century version. But um, this portion of the text is reminiscent of when Hamlet begins his charade of being insane in order to see how others act around him. Camillo, too, does this by acting as if he is not having an affair in hopes that it would deter the aggrieved author of the letters from telling Vieja all that had transpired. And we don't know the extent of their relationship. We don't, I mean, we know they're in love and that they sneak around, but I mean, who knows what else could be lying under the surface. So Machado writes to appear after so many months was to confirm the suspicions and denunciations of the anonymous letters. It was better to be very careful to give each other up for several weeks. So Camillo having become uneasy with these letters is another direct nod to Hamlet seeing his father's ghost. Each time they either got a letter or saw the apparition, if you're Hamlet, they were more inclined to act brashly. Once Camillo receives a letter from Vieja stating he needs to see him immediately, this is when Camillo begins to just unravel. So Camillo gets this letter from Vieja saying, please come immediately. Camillo responds. He does exactly that. He immediately starts on his way to Vieja's home, but he fixates on the note and its meaning. Machado writes once again, Camillo closed his eyes, trying to think of other things, but the voice of Rita's husband whispered into his ears the words of the letter. So here is when he just, he can't get that out of his head. Like, he's like, I need to speak with you. Come immediately. And although it could be misconstrued due to to translation, here we see Camille refer to Vieja not as his comrade, but as Rita's husband. So at this point, he is hyper aware of his wrongdoing and sees Vieja as a potential threat, a maligned husband instead of an unwitting third party. This revelation causes him to try and pin down for certain the cause for the letter. At the beginning of the story, it is made clear that Camillo does not believe in religion or anything spiritual because in the text it says Camillo believed in nothing. Why? He could not have answered. He had not a solitary reason. He was content simply to deny everything. And then so it's interesting, however, because after getting stuck in the carriage on the ride over, he is overtaken with the urge to give it a shot he goes to the fortune teller that he earlier told Rita that don't worry about such things like I'm the only fortune teller you need but then here he is going to a fortune teller to try to console him and give him some certainty about what is happening because when he gets there he knocks on the door and no one answers and he's like maybe I should go away but he couldn't he his anxiety was peaking he was having a panic attack so he bangs on the door once twice three times um, and it's written that he his blood was whipping and his heart was beating with violent throbs and so 
he obviously knocks on the door to make sure that someone answers. He needs answers and he needs to know for certain what he's going to. Does VA know? Does VA not know? This complete 180 from the beginning of the story. Um, here the author highlights how he went from being a contented disbeliever to someone who persistently knocked upon the fortune teller's door to get the answer that he wanted. That all would be okay and that Vieja was unaware of the tryst. And of course he persuades himself to believe it. I mean, he's like, oh, he's everything's going to be fine. Nothing bad's going to happen. But just as Hamlet believed his father's ghost, it, it led him to his demise. And not only his demise, also Rita's, which is another parallel to Hamlet. As to where Ophelia drowns herself from sorrow, Vieja kills her because she was part of it as well. And so this ruse ends up being tragic for the both of them. So Camillo's journey to the end was grievous and his expectation that everything would work out in his favor and he was certain of it because of what the fortune teller had told him. ability of absolute certainty is rampant in this short work. In its entirety, it is an allusion to Hamlet. Both of the main characters are uncertain of what is happening around them. Who is sending these letters to Camillo? Is Vieja aware of their affair? When he arrives at Vieja's home, what will become of them? None of these have easy answers for Camillo, but when he attempts to seek out definitive answers, he is deceived. Once again, fortune has proved that complete certainty is not possible. And I must thank you one again for tuning into Perspectives on the Short Story from FSU Panama City. And in case you forgot, my name's Whitney Mullins. And then today, I hope everybody learned about the impossibility of certainty because we can't know anything for certain. Things change. Things happen. And I really hope that you guys found maybe a new perspective on this short story, which was The Fortune Teller by Joaquim Maria Machado de Assis. I know it's a mouthful, but I hope you guys really enjoyed it today. And I'm not going to say goodbye because like Peter Pan says, goodbye means going away and going away means forgetting. And I don't think any of us need to forget the lesson that we learned today which is telling lies can get yourself killed. Hope you guys have a wonderful day or evening, and I'll catch you on the next round. <laughs>